0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning. Are you ready to worship the Lord with your finances? Amen. You know, uh, money, tithing is not a, a dollar issue. It's an honor issue. Yeah. When we make it a dollar issue, we, we miss the whole point. It's an honor issue. Um, so turn with me in your weapons manual to First Kings. Oh, Deuteronomy 111, he mentioned, May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times more than you are and bless you as he has promised you. It's a good one, huh? So you can have 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, but I, that's my favorite. Thousandfold. Yeah, it's a promise. So Deuteronomy 111, if you want to camp on that promise, thousandfold. You know, uh, Brother Hagen used to say all the time, and and he didn't make this phrase up because you hear it in business a lot, you know, when you set a goal, and maybe you don't meet all the way to the goal, but if you didn't set a goal at all, then you got nothing. So maybe you got 50% there. So might I recommend you shoot for the thousand, even if you made it to 500, that was certainly more than 30, 60, or 100. Yeah. Aim high because you're going to hit more than you've got now. Right. Okay. So, uh, verse one, ch- uh, chapter 17, first Kings one, Elijah, the Tishbite of the temporary residence of Gilead. I love that. Are you a temporary resident of earth? Yeah. Thank God. Cause this is uh, heaven is our home. Earth is uh, just a temporary dwelling place. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. Notice the Bible said uh, God, had, God had Elijah put in his mouth to the king, O king, there won't be any dew or rain for three years until I say so. Not when God says so. Moi, O oh king. So your life has whatever you say so. Not what God says. Remember, God's word in your ears only tells you what can be so, but God's word agreed by you in your mouth makes it so. So you get to say so. You don't say nothing, nothing so, right? And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, In other words, here comes a command. Go from here and turn east and hide yourself by the brook Cherith. When God gives you an instruction, it always involves geography, but it doesn't only involve geography. But you need to be at your place of assignment where God has assigned you in life because provision is at that place it's sent ahead. Uh, I often hear people say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, because that was a song. But that's not the full translation of the name of Jehovah Jireh. And if, again, you don't have the fullness of it, you're not going to experience the fullness of it. It's the God who foresees and provides. So he's already gone all through your life to the very end, because he's not in time, he's in eternity. And he's come back and he's laid up everything you need. But your prosperity or your provision is on the path of your assignment. So, if it's not there, either get on the path or keep on barreling until you run into it. Destiny's on the road of obedience, right? It's not on the road of pleasure. So, God commanded him where to go. People go, Well, God just sent me out, but I don't know where I'm going. Not scriptural. Not scriptural at all. You don't have a scripture for it. So he gave them a destination and he said, you're going to drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. This is intriguing because ravens are afraid of people and ravens have no ability to obtain human food. I know some people say, well, they flew into the king's palace and stole it off the table. God's not a thief, but ravens are afraid of people. So he's going to have a raven who's afraid of a person, get people food to bring to Elijah and then it says um, what Elijah got. And people want to know, why is that your favorite breakfast? He brought him bread and flesh in the morning. That's a sausage egg McMuffin, people. <laughs> I mean, if that isn't it, I don't know what is. So this is what I eat every day because I'm like, I send the ravens out to get it. And, and that raven's name is Dr. Jack. <laughs> And then they bring it to him, bread and flesh in the evening. People, if that's not a hamburger, I don't know what is. Yeah, and if maybe he had cheese on it, maybe not, maybe it was a double. Yeah, whatever. Okay, uh, so the, the brook Cheritho is interesting because it was where the winter rains uh, accumulated. So this was a, a brook that was full of water and like white water and rapids. It would, it would have been full. And so this kind of tells us uh, what later when it says it dried up, uh, that he was there quite some time. Remember, we got three years to go before he's going to give the, the say-so on that. Uh, and so God commanded the ravens to feed him. There, and they brought bread and flesh in the evening. And verse seven says, after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain. Remember, Elijah's not surprised. So you don't need, if you're at the place of assignment, you're not surprised when it, you're looking at natural things going, well, that doesn't seem like God. Elijah was not moved by what he felt and saw. What it, because he already prophesied, there's not gonna be any rain. So yes, the brook's gonna dry up because it wasn't replenished. So what did he do? He got another instruction. So, so when it appears uh, like something's not going the way of the word or it feels like it, if you attend to that, you'll miss the instruction. We're not going to be moved by what we're seeing or feeling. We're only going to be moved by the word of the Lord. So you need another instruction. So Elijah went back to God. Notice he didn't go to Facebook. He didn't go to the latest opinion poll. He went directly to the Lord. He didn't go to the phone. He went to the throne. And the word of the Lord came to him and he said, arise, go to Zarephath. In other words, here's another instruction and it requires him being at a certain place and a certain time. This is an act of faith. Many people get the word of the Lord and then don't act on it. And they they think they're spiritual saying, well, I'm going to pray about that. Let me just be sure I understand. You're going to pray to the God about what you think about what he just told you. Yeah, that's when we have to realize that we've, got, we've gone a few fries short of the happy meal. Yeah, have you lost your ever-loving mind? No, pick up the mind of Christ. And we don't need to do the Christian colloquial expression that just means rebellion and disobedience. I'm going to process that. Let me just tell you what the word process for, a synonym for rebellion and disobedience. Uh, sometimes we're taking too long. Move it, move it, move it. Partial obedience, delayed obedience, it's still disobedience, right? And so Elijah wanted to eat, so he got up and he went. And he said, you're going to dwell there. So this time the Lord's like, you're not going to just be there for a while. You're going to live there. You're going to stay there. So wherever you're living, build it right because you're going to live there to write the first time. He said, behold, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So in other words, he's even, he's told Elijah where to go and what his supply is going to be. Now, how many of you would be encouraged by the fact that a widow was going to bring a supply to you? Maybe you thought, well, great. Maybe she's the rich one that built Elijah the house. You know, we always put our little mental spin on everything that God wants to do. And he said, behold, and this is an act of faith too, that he found a widow woman who is gathering sticks. Now notice Elijah could have gone mental too, like we didn't go, "Ooh, this looks bad. This, this cannot possibly be the woman because she's supposed to be rich because she's going to supply for me. She's got to have something to give. So God, God chooses not only a widow. First of all, he chooses a woman, counterculture. Then he chooses a woman who is widowed. The only thing worse than a woman who is widowed is now a widowed woman with a child (laughs) who has nothing. She's eating in the process right now of eating her last meal, whatever, and going to die. Whatever happened to you this week, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, (laughs) because you made it here. And he went to Zarephath, and she was gathering sticks, and he called to her. See, Elijah didn't look at what he saw. He knew by the Spirit, this is the person. And he called to her and said, hey, uh, bring, bring me something to drink that I may uh, have my quench thirst. Notice what he asked her for, a free resource. Was that easy? Sure, no problem. I'll get you, go get you water because it cost her nothing. But when he saw that she went When he saw that she went, when she obeyed, she didn't go, hmm, let me think about it, pray about it, process it, or I really don't have time right now. When he saw that she went, acting obedience, he said, Wait. Would he have given their instruction if she hadn't started moving? No, power meets movement in your life. And so as she's moving, he says, Wait a minute. Before you go, bring me some of what you're making first. But most of our mentality went, How awful. The preacher asked the widow woman with a child for her last piece of bread or fried chicken. Yeah. How awful. Every time God needed to get something to somebody in the Bible, he said, I need what you have in your hand first. He said, give it to me. Because see, what's in your hand is limited to your power and it's never going to be enough. But when you take what's in your hand and you put it in his pan, now there's unlimited power. So was that the right thing for him to do? Yeah. What you got is not even enough to get you through today. You better give it to me because it's going to go in the hands of the one who's got everything provided for every day for the rest of your life for you. So he asked her, though, for something hard for her personal supply. See, when you're following the instruction of the Lord, it's going to seem easy at first and fun, and then it's going to press your flesh. Because it's going to get into your personal business and your personal pocket. See, tithing is easy. That's just 10%. But God doesn't ask you for that. He said, tithes, alms, and offerings, I'm going to ask you for. Now, I'm going to set the denomination mathematically of the tithe. And and so you don't have to think about that. Isn't that delightful? One less thing to think about or pray about. But then I'm going to ask you to guide your heart in the alms and the offering. Because God wants to know the condition of your heart. Pastor and I have moved up to 30% giving we 're not satisfied. we have no intention of stopping at thirty in fact we 've been there way too long, and that 's too small of a number uh, because god we want God to have it all. So he asked her for a personal supply, and she said, "As the Lord your God lives she 's just stating the facts. I only have a, a handful of meal and i 'm going to go in and make it and i 'm going to and my son and I are going to eat it, and we 're going to die wow that 's depressing." We're going to eat this and die. And Elijah said to her the same words we hear Jesus say over and over in the New Testament. Fear not. What's the first thing he's got to do? Adjust your thinking in line with his. Stop thinking and stop feeling. Fear not. Put your attention. He didn't say have faith in you or faith in the prophet. He said have faith in God. In other words, look at me. Don't look at your circumstance. Stop looking at what you're feeling. Stop listening to what you're hearing. Fear not. Keep your eyes on me. He said, make me a little bit first and afterward, prepare some for yourself and your son. And notice what he's telling her. He's prophesying. When you give me some, there'll be enough for you. Don't worry that you're going to have to give me all of it. And there's not, I'm already going to tell you I'm going to eat. And both of you are going to eat. So three of us are going to eat when you thought it was only going to feed two of you for the last time. "'For thus the Lord God of Israel says, "'The jar of meal and and shall not waste in the oil "'until the Lord sends rain. "'She did as Elijah said.'" Notice the key to your prosperity is linked to your obedience. Can you do what the Lord says? Can you do it immediately? Can you do it the first time with a willing heart? Willing and obedient, eat the good of the land, not just one. So after these things, uh, the son of the woman. So in other words, it goes on and tell the story. But notice uh, the key points, and we'll close with this. God commanded, he commanded birds they obeyed. He commanded a woman, but she didn't know he, that God had commanded her. So when you decree a thing in the earth, somebody might not know in your future that they're going to be cooperating with your decree, but everything you decree is going to come through the hands of man. So they don't have to know about your personal decree, but you need to decree it anyway, because your life is going to move in the direction of your mouth. Or we could say your dominant thought, which comes out your mouth. He commanded a woman, a widow, a widow with a child, a starving widow with a child. Can't get any lower than that. God chose what was beyond human ability. Every time in your life, for God to get the most glory, he's going to have to do it in the most impossible way. And trust me, you're not going to figure it out. Amen. You can try. But every time, just whatever you think, God's going to do it differently than whatever you thought because he's just not going to be boxed in with you. God, but notice this, God chose the available. He didn't choose the rich. But here's what most people would do. They would dismiss her from giving because of her poverty. So we go overseas, we think, well, we need to take them stuff because they're poor. Wrong, because you're going to keep them poor that way. Is it difficult to receive a seed when we're overseas from somebody who has literally nothing? Yeah, Your eyes are going to well up, your throat's going to close up, and your heart is going to squeeze, but you better stand there and say, thank you. May the Lord bless you a thousand times more. If you don't receive that seed from them, you're the one that's responsible for their poverty because they're trying to get a seed, and they viewed something as good ground, and you don't stand in the way of people's giving. You are not blessing them by saying, oh, you don't need. No, you're the very person that needs to give, so receive that and bless that. It took the help of someone else who knew God's voice to draw out of the widow's heart what God had put in. The prophet helped her identify and act on God's command for our life. God gives our pastor utterances to help us understand the commands that God has for our life and to help us understand the wrong path. And so we have to have someone in our life that helps us draw out those things and help us understand to walk them out, and that's the role of the pastor when he's beginning to teach us on the tithes, the alms, and the offerings. God had a supply for Elijah through someone that didn't even look like they had a supply for themselves. Don't count yourself out. Don't count anybody else out. Say, I have a supply. supply. You can say that if you're a tither, but if you're not a tither, there's no supply for you. But if we're tithing and we're obeying the word of the Lord, then we can stand on that. We said, Lord, not only do I have a full supply of everything today, but I have a full supply for all of my tomorrows. Amen? Let's get ready to receive
1: If you need an offering envelope, grab one. If you already grabbed one, great. Fill it out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, how many of you have ever heard somebody, well, I can't afford to tithe? Anybody's ever, you know, heard that before? I can't afford to tithe? We never said that ever because we tithe first before we paid any bill. Hello? Hello? So it's not like we paid the bills and then go, oh, I guess I can't afford a tithe because I had to pay my mortgage, to pay the rent, and I had to pay this, and I had to pay that. No, no, you, you pay right off the top. You do it right off the top. You know, at one time we were $50,000 in debt. How many of you know that's pretty bad? Yes, yes hallelujah. Come on, $50,000 in debt. How, how would you like to be $40 million in debt? Richard Roberts inherited debt from Moore Roberts University. He was $40 million, $40 million in debt. Fifty thousand doesn't sound like anything compared to forty million dollars. Hello, but you, did you know that we're out of debt today? I have no credit card debt whatsoever, none. The only debt that we have is on this building, on my house, and of course Pastor Marie's car. That's it. Amen. And then also another praise report. This last week we refinanced the. Building for another five years, and we refinanced at a lower interest rate. I mean, it took about seventy to hundred bucks off the mortgage, but seventy to hundred bucks can make a whole heck of a lot of difference. Can you say Amen? Yeah, I mean that's twelve hundred dollars a year. Amen. So it works. It really, really works. You know, but you have to you have to work the word. If you say I don't believe in tithing and offering today, then it can't help you. I mean, that's when I, when I made the announcement a few weeks ago when we were teaching on giving and receiving and how to tap into the world's system. And the first thing I said in my mouth, if you don't believe in tithing or giving of offerings, you know, it's tithing and offerings. It's not just tithing. And, you know, people get upset because you talk about tithing. Oh, all he wants is your money. Let me make an announcement. Keep your money. Please keep it. That's right, amen. Hello. We, I don't get blessed because you give. I get blessed because I give. I'm just telling you right now. Amen. I, listen, my business is exploding. I'm just telling you it is. I have to tell people no. I have to tell people no, because it would be so easy for me to just, we're we're hitting the security industry at the right, (laughs) at the right season. I mean, I'm serious. My problem would be getting enough officers to take care of the business that keep coming my way. I had to tell somebody yesterday, I'm sorry, they wanted two armed officers. That would have been like 780 bucks. and I had to tell them, I'm sorry, can't do it. Thank you for contacting me, but I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because I don't have the officers. I don't have the training. I don't have, I mean, because of what we do and the how, how we do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it would be so easy for me to throw myself in business big time and work that sucker. Actually, I could probably work it to a million dollars a year. I know I could probably work it to a million dollars a year. But I don't want to do that. Why are you looking at that for? Because <laughs> the ministry is my primary calling. If I, can, if I can pay the guys a salary and I can up their you know, their their hourly wage, I'm happy to do that. Amen. You know that $5,000 came in in one day? It's one day that things, somebody wrote a check, $5,000 and sent it to us. For souls. I thought that person understands what we're doing. You know what, that person understands that we're we're going and winning souls and it's for the kingdom of God. Obviously they understand delayed gratification. I understand delayed gratification. I want to build the reward for eternity compared to about 80 or 90 years on the earth. Hello, I, I, I'm working my reward in heaven. Amen. I got a full supply. I got an account in heaven. And we're trying to help you get there. So stop fighting God. Praise God. Just do what you're supposed to do. Keep covenant. And then when the day comes, when you are might be in trouble financially, you can go, oh, Jesus. I got an account. I'm a tither and I give offerings. The the devourer is rebuked. We have been where you have been. We're no longer where some of you are now. And we want you to no longer be where you're at now. Can you say amen? Amen. So, man, just do the word. Keep covenant with God. And once you come into that understanding, you're keeping covenant with God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. He will bless you far beyond you could ever ask or think. If he said in Deuteronomy one eleven, he wants to bless you a thousand times more than you are, then it's the principle. It's the principle that we're trying to get. But people have to make their own choices and things like that. Come on, hello. You have to make your own choice. You have to make your own decisions. Everybody has to make their own decisions. Can you say amen? But you know what? We can't stand. We can't stand before the throne of God and say, God, at least we tried. We tried to help them. We tried to teach your principles to get them out of the situation they're in financially. We tried. We we can't ever not be an accuser without trying. Trying to move people forward. In their finances and in their marriages and in their relationships. Can you say amen? All right, Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. We love you, Father. Thank you so much that you took care of the Burma Crusade. We thank you that many souls will come into the kingdom of God because, Father, we're going to a place in the world where there's never been a miracle healing crusade. And, Lord, the salvation of men, because that's your heartbeat. And, Father, you know what? You said in your word that if we touch your heartbeat, then it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over through the hands of men. So, Lord, those that are tithers and those that give offerings, I pray, right now lord that they're are- Businesses explode. They'll have so much business, they just don't know what to do with those that have jobs, Father God, they get promoted above others. They get pay raises, they get bonuses. Those that need a job, get a job immediately in Jesus' name and a good, well-paying job, Father God. I thank you right now for business ideas. I thank you for increase. Father God, those students that are in Life Christian University, when they get their degrees, they'll present it to their bosses, and their bosses will promote them and give them increase. Father, we just thank you right now. The things will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Father, because your word is true. you keep covenant, We keep covenant with you, and you keep covenant with us. And we love you, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen. Ushers, if you'll serve. Hallelujah. Well, if you were not here last Sunday night, I prophesied about 2020. So I want to encourage you. You can go to our Facebook page, and I posted the prophecy on there. But I'm going to read the prophecy because in that prophecy, uh, the message this morning came forth, and I, I do have a copy of the prophecy, and I'll give it to I'll give it to Chrissy or somebody if you want a copy of this. Okay, so it's really really awesome what God is doing. So watch this. Sunday night, October the 13th, 2019, I began to prophesy, and, it's, and and the Lord said this. It may even start out a little slow in 2020, for the adjustments that will be made. But the time in March and April and May, things will accelerate even more. And some of those things that you've been believing God for shall come to pass. And for you will know at last that I am with you because I am just and I am a justifier to them that love my name. I'm just. So stay the course. Run the race. Finish the course. Contend for the faith. Hallelujah. Keep, keep on. Keep, keep going. Keep going on. Just keep, keep on. Keep on plowing. Keep on trudging. Keep on running. Hallelujah. Keep following my word and my spirit and you won't go wrong. You won't get off of the path. No, it will come to pass at last, and great will be the rejoicing, and you will even say, wow, this is really awesome, and you will have to pinch yourself and go, man, is this really happening to me? Can this really be happening? Yes, yes, I will do it, says the Lord. I will do it, and I will bring it to pass, and I hear the word of the Lord say that I will repay sevenfold to that which Satan has stolen from you. He will give it back sevenfold. If you've lost it, you'll gain it back. Yes, and you'll gain it back in this life. So just stay faithful to the covenant. Stay faithful to my word. Stay faithful and keep running and keep going. And yea, even that you've been disappointed in you with you will go and you say, oh my gosh, my God has turned it around for me. He turned it around for me. He turned it around for me, for my family, for my kids, for my relationships. He turned it around for me. Hallelujah. The great turnaround. Yes, even 2020 will be known as the year of the great turnaround. A great turnaround, a great turnaround, seemingly going one direction and then turn around. It's going to be, it's going in a direction, in which your Father is directing it. Hallelujah. And yes, and yes, there are those right now who cannot see because the enemy is blinding their eyes. But the but the veil shall be removed, and they shall have eyes to see, and they will have ears to hear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. I will bring you out and put you into the land of milk and honey, and I will bring you out supernaturally. Supernaturally, I'll I will move on your behalf, and if you say, Uh, that I have nothing, Lord, then that is a good place because I am and will always be your everything. And if you have me, then you have everything, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Many of you will go into a new level in me and dreams. I'm going to give you dreams and you will be dreaming dreams, heavily dreams, and you will be seeing things and you will have increase of the spirit of seeing and knowing on the inside of what to do and what not to do and you will have confidence in it. You won't question, you see, for I am with thee, I am in thee, I am with thee, and if I am for thee, there is nothing that anyone can do, not no demon, Satan, no person can do anything because I am for you, then nothing can ever be against you, says the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Each of you will fulfill your fullest potential, your fullest gifting, your fullest gifting shall come to pass just put some things on the shelf don't be concerned about them just go for the ride just go for the ride sailing smooth sailing and i will always and always follow peace and always follow joy peace and joy will go before thee even in chaos peace and joy will be be there for you so therefore in the season that you're in, it's time for equipping. It's time for preparation. For preparation, time is never wasted time, says the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, says the mighty Holy Spirit. That's powerful. That is a powerful testimony. So let me ask this question. How many would like to have a copy of this? Can you lose your hand? Okay. Jim, would you get a count real quick? Keep your hands lifted. And I'm gonna have them go make copies of this. Hallelujah. So, James, if you'll take this. James, if you'll take this and make copies. How, long are you? How, many can, how many you got, Jen? Make sure you, 50? 50 copies. 15? Make 20. All right. So open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalms 126. Psalms 126, the year of a great turnaround. How many of you need some things to turn around in your life? Can I see your hand? Amen. The God of the turnaround, Psalms 126. And so the first verse that came to me after meditating on this, because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I need a, I I gotta need a sermon this for Sunday. Can you help, help me with this? And then all of a sudden the Lord said, you remember in the prophecy I said that 2020 was the year of, a, of the great turnaround. I said, yep. And he said, well, I want you to tell that I'm the God of the turnaround. How many, you know, how many times we read in the Bible where seemingly bad situations and hard situations and desperate situations and suddenly God just turned it around? Yeah. Psalms 126, verse 1 says this When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like men that dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then say they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let me read to you out of the Passion Translation, Psalms 126, 1 through 6. It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back into Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were shouting for joy and singing your praises. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles and we were overjoyed. Now the Lord, do it again. Restore to us our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow overflow us into our dry hearts and drenched again. Those who sow in tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back uh, armloads of blessing and harvest of overflowing. That is so powerful. So have, maybe in this past year, maybe you have sowed seeds of tears. So seas of tears may be over your finances. So sears of tears over your family. So seer tears come on, hello somebody. Amen. Listen, weeping may endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. Hello. And the Bible says in the book of Psalms that God has a bottle. And every time you shed tears, he takes his bottle and he collects those tears. I and mean, there's so many times, there's times when I, when I feel the anointing come on me and I go to prayer and I start to weep. I tell God, get your bottle out. Get your bottle out, Lord. You're going to collect some tears on my behalf. Isn't it interesting? He said that, oh, hallelujah. He says that your tears are like seeds. And then those tears turn into a harvest of joy. Because that which you've been believing God for has now finally come to pass. He who sows in tears shall reap in joy, bringing in the sheaves. You see, God is a God of the turnaround. He loves the underdog. He loves the underdog. As we take a look in the book of Exodus chapter 17, 8 through 15, we see the Israelites battle with the Amalekites. In Exodus 17, 8 through 15, it says this, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let it down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hurd stayed up with his hands, the one on one side and the one on the other side. And his hands were steady until going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalekite. And his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for him a of memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Malachi and under heaven. And Moses built an altar and he came to the name Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi means the Lord my banner. So it doesn't matter what kind of battle you're fighting. Whether you're fighting a relationship battle or a financial battle or a business battle. Listen, God is holding up your hands. And when he holds up your hands, believe me, the battle has been won. I said the battle has been won. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's your front guard. He's your rear guard. He stands right by your side. And at times he just carries you because there may be four footsteps, but sometimes it might be just two because he's the one who has picked you up and carried you through and through. Oh, my God. No matter what you're facing in your life right now, he is the God of the turnaround. If he's never failed you in the past, he's not going to fail you now. Sometimes we just don't know what the plans are, but he knows the plans. Sometimes we just don't know what the outcome's going to be, but when you put your trust in God, the Lord, your banner, Jehovah Nisi, you will always win the battle. Always. Always. Even if even tragedy strikes, he will turn it around and make something good because he's the Lord, your banner. It's interesting. Pastor Marie read 1 Kings chapter 17. I thought she was going to start preaching my message. <laughs> Elijah predicts a drought. 1 Kings 17:1, And Elisha the Tishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead. I think God's trying to talk to us this morning. Praise God. Amen. And Elisha the Tishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, for whom I stand, shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So in other words, he prophesied. He was a prophet, and he prophesied three and a half years of famine some of the situations you right now, you've been believing God for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years. There's situations in our life that we've been believing God for ten years, and we have not yet seen it come to pass. But I got good news. The God of the turnaround. Here's going to be a specific time, a specific place, a specific season, and suddenly, I said suddenly he's going to turn that situation. I know y'all are rejoicing rejoicing. rejoicing this morning it's just going to happen going one way suddenly the father redirects it it goes the other way why because he's the god of the turnaround you got to develop the attitude i will not be defeated and i will not quit i will not be defeated and i will not quit because i'm standing on the solid rock the winds may blow The waves may crash, but we're not standing on sinking sand. We're standing on the solid rock in Christ and who I am. According to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook cherub that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. You know what? There's been some times that I've actually prophesied over situations, and then, and then, but in my attitude, I thought it should be one way, and then God just corrects me within the prophecy. I, I remember my, my son John, he's very talented. My son John, he does a lot of dance, hip-hop, and things like that, and then in my younger days, in my zealousness with no wisdom, <laughs> godly zeal without wisdom, always Leads to trouble. Praise God. Amen. I was in the pastor's office more than you could shake. I was in the pastor's office more than I was in the principal's office in high school. Wasn't I? Man, God leads <laughs> you. God leads you without wisdom leads to trouble. So I remember this one time, you know, John had this talent. I mean, drama and the arts and all that kind of stuff. And he would dance and all this kind of stuff. And I just didn't, you know, in my religious training, thinking, we just don't dance. You know, and I, I, I made that very verbal. You know, my son ain't dancing. He's not doing hip hop and all that. Like, that's worldly. That's worldly. You know, some of us need to get some of this stuff out of us, some of this religion out of us, right? But I, I remember when I was in a youth service doing youth meeting, and all of a sudden I called my own son up to the front and I said, thus saith the Holy Ghost, you will dance on the platforms of the worlds. You will minister by <laughs> out of my mouth. And, I, and then after I prophesied that, I went, oh, shut my mouth. Praise God. Amen. Out of, out of my own mouth. <laughs> of course, in the first crusade we did, it was 40,000 people and we have that on video and all the young people, oh man, they were just loving what John was doing. The pastors were you know, puckering in places where they shouldn't pucker, but man, it was, he was ministering to those young people. Come on, hello somebody. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, like my, the family's in agreement over something and all that kind of stuff and I'm in disagreement and then all of a sudden the anointing comes on me and right out of my mouth, up oh, you said it, there you go, there you go, you said it you got to be careful, man. The Holy Ghost will speak right through you. I remember William Branham. William Branham didn't believe in women preachers. But when the anointing of God would come on him, he called a woman out and said, Thus saith the Lord God Almighty. You called the pastor and he'd be Shut my mouth! <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and it came to pass that while he drank at the brook, I've commanded the ravens to feed there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. I mean, here, here's a lie. He just got done prophesying out of his mouth. It's not going to rain for three and a half years. Then he's like, OMG, that includes me. Because when there's a drought, hello, things die. Because there's no food and no water and things like that. And believe me, you can't live without food and water. Hello. So not only did the people that he was sent to needed a word of the Lord, he himself needed the word to sustain him, to help him. Come on, Hello. And, of course, you know the rest of the story because I'm going to read it to you. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which is belonging to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. And so he rose, and he went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city. Behold, a widow woman was there gathering the sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel first, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not but a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little cruse of the oil. Did you know that that right then, alone was a, it was sufficient it was sufficient for the god of the turnaround see sometimes what he does if you're facing situations in your life right now that look impossible i mean i'm sure some of some of your kids and grandkids that aren't living for the lord i mean you want to grab them by the ear and try to wake them up because they're blinded Isn't it interesting in this prophecy, he said that in 2020, he said there are those that are blinded and they can't hear, but the veil is going to be removed. You know what I believe with all my heart? I believe that everybody's being deceived. Our friends, relatives, neighbors, they cannot see. I believe there's going to be a brief moment. Watch it, a brief moment. The veil is lifted. They will see the truth. And at that moment, then they're going to make a choice. I think that's, that's just. That's a just God. He sees a justifier. To, did you know that's in the book of Romans? God is just, and he's a justifier to them that love his name. So if he's a just judge, then the veil is going to be removed from the person's eyes, and then they'll have a choice. Whom will they serve? Because he's just just like that. They're going to be able to see. How do you know that? Here, give me, let me give me another scripture. Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son, the Bible says, when he came to himself. He was in deception He was to the point that he was in the pig pen eating the husk of the pigs and suddenly his eyes were opened because he came to himself and he said, are not my father's hired servants better than me? I'm going to go back. At least they're not eating pig slop. So I believe with all of my heart, if God is just and he's a justifier, then those that have their eyes blinded, those that cannot see and they cannot hear, there'll be a moment in time where they will come to themselves. Oh, I have to believe that. If he did it for the prodigal son, then he'll do it for us. That's New Testament, folks. That's a New Testament promise. Now, isn't it interesting that what she had in her hand was sufficient. You're the brokest you'll ever be right now. It's just up from now. It's up from here. He's the God of the turnaround. He did a sustaining miracle. A sustaining miracle. Three and a half years. He ate, she ate, the kid ate. I'm sure a lot of people in the village ate. Because every time she went to the barrel meal, she took a cup full, it replenished. Took a cup full, replenished. Poured some oil, replenished. Poured some oil, replenished. Some of you are believing God for things, but you're not doing the principles you should be doing because you don't believe in it anymore. If you don't believe it anymore, then that's doubt and unbelief. And I think probably one of the most number one sins in the body of Christ is doubt and unbelief. Oh, that came from heaven. I'm sorry if that was a little corrective. Praise God. Amen. The Bible is two-thirds correction and rebuking, and then one-third is praising. Praise God. Amen. That's just the word. Why? To correct our course. We're we're going down this one course. The most amazing thing happens to me, to people. And I see this all the time. They're going down the course, they're going the path, and suddenly they get off the path. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I don't know. Two years, three years. I just don't know what's going on. Satan's attacking me. I just I just don't understand. I don't understand. You know, I just Satan's attack. Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You are on the path over here. And you are on the course. And then decided to get off the course, and it's a year or two down the road, and now you want to blame Satan for when you got off the course. What the heck is that? They don't understand why things aren't working financially. They don't understand why relations are not working. They don't understand anything. "Oh, it's just the devil attacking me. Devil's like, "Oh, you know, they're not thinking back when everything was working out, even though the attacks came, everything, God of the turnaround turned every situation around, and suddenly now we're over here and we're out wandering around and there ain't no turnaround. <laughs> Hello, I don't understand. And then they want to blame it on the devil. They want to blame the devil, and they don't, they don't. in their mind they're not going to go back to the place where, okay, this is where I was at. Hello? You know, God did say that he would test our faith. You know that? He'll test your faith. He wants Circumstances, trials, and tribulations. Who do you trust? Who do you believe? Are you going to believe in the promises of God? Are you going to believe in the covenant that you have? Well, the number one thing that you'll be tested in, actually two things you'll be tested in. One, your finances, and two, your health. Because 3 John, verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So, can he trust you to be a tither when things are really tight? Hello? And can he trust you to to believe his word that by his stripes you are healed? Do you know people don't want to, they, they can't swallow this kind of gospel. You can't handle the truth. Well, listen, you'll know it and it'll set you free if you let it. It'll set you free. I want to be free, I don't want to be bound. I don't want to be bound up financially. I don't want to be bound up physically or emotionally or relationally. I don't know, man. No, Jesus went into the jail. Hello? He shook the sucker. Praise God. Amen. The prison doors were open and the chains fell off. We, we got to move on from elementary things. I mean, but the apostle, it's, it's been 2,000 years, folks. Can't stay on the bottle all the time. Come on. <laughs> Stay on the bottle. Come on, hello. I, listen, there ain't nothing like I'm I'm looking forward to the work day. I'm gonna have me a steak. I'm gonna tell you right now. Amen. Somebody better bring some sweet potatoes. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I like sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> big, big potato. All right, thank you. Come on, hello, somebody. Listen, I want to hear meat. I want to chew on meat. Because it's the meat that's going to get me the victory. If I'm just sucking on the bottle all the time, hello, come on, somebody. I'll just stay wet. No, I want some meat. I want my path corrected. I want to know if I'm not doing right. Hello? Because I want to make the adjustment in my life. Please forgive us for trying to help people make adjustments so that they can win. (laughs) Glory to God. Imagine that, a pastor that wants people to win. Amen. Amen. And wants to make and we listen. We have the answers, Pastor Marine. I have the answers. You do? Where did you get them? <laughs> right here. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Here we go. This is where we go, we, Pastor. What's the answer? Okay. Um, woo! Give, and it shall be given unto thee. Pressed down, shaken together. And that's what the manual said.
0: Uh.
1: Well, what's, what's the problem to my aches and pain? Surely he had my sicknesses, carried my sorrows. Yet it did esteem him, stricken and smitten of God. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my pieces upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. Oh. Oh. Well, I, I feel bound in certain areas. I'm bound by pornography. I'm bound by drugs. I'm bound by alcohol. I'm bound by smoking. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like, Oh, you, the Captivity? Captivity. He turned turned my captivity. He turns my captivity till I'm no longer captive to anything. I, I don't want to sit in a place where I watch a video and no gifts of the Spirit in operation. I don't want to. I don't want to do. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. I, I would rather just sit at the feet of Jesus. Hello, somebody. Amen, and then if Jesus needs to lay his hands on me, by God, rub my head till it's almost bald, till I get it. I'm going to tell you right now, as the days continue to get darker and darker, the light of God's word will get brighter and brighter, and people will come and they want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear fables. They don't want to be entertained, because the entertainment's not taking care of the cancer. And entertainment's is not taking care of their marriage. And entertainment's not taking care of the kids or the grandkids. No, they're going to want to hear the true and adulterated preaching of the word of God. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Because the truth of God's word will set people free if they will receive it and they will take it. And they will apply it and they will speak it. Oh, hallelujah. There's a day, the days those days are coming. Those days are coming because God's going to make every crooked path straight. He's going to correct every course. Hallelujah. And if you choose to be corrected and if you choose to walk in the light, I'm telling you, it will put the enemy to flight and great will be your rejoicing and it'll be joyful and it'll be peaceful in the midst of a chaotic world. A chaotic God so In Jesus <laughs> oh my goodness hallelujah I'm preaching myself happy this morning praise God amen I like to preach to myself happy hallelujah don't leave dad I promise I'll change I'm only kidding dad I'm only kidding I'm only not I'm not changing I'm gonna stick with the word I'm gonna tell the truth I'm gonna continue to cast out devils heal the sick Raise the dead if need be. Hallelujah. Just going to keep on winning souls. Just going to keep on running the race. Keep on keeping on. I'm just going to keep on trudging. Tramp, 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 tramp. I hear the sound of soldiers in God's mighty honor. Tramp, 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 tramp. tramp. Moving forward. Trudging. Victory. Conquering. Hallelujah. Moving forward, run the race, finish my course, run the race, walk and fulfill the destiny in which I was born for. In Jesus' name, not going to miss it, not going to get off, going to stay with the word and let the word be my victory and everything. Amen. Because I serve the God of the turnaround. Just believe. I just believe it. I just believe. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. I just believe. Did did you know that believing it and the fear of God? I have a fear. I have an almighty reverential fear of almighty God. I fear him. The most amazing thing, it'll keep you out of sin. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. It'll keep you from making mistakes. The fear of God, the fear of almighty God, whose eyes are a flame of fire, whose hair is like wool, whose garments shine brighter than any sun or any star, though (laughs) the great I am, who's coming. God turned the situation around, not only for Elijah, but also for the woman. I recently heard of a sustaining miracle. Somebody had called me, and this is what they said. They said, Pastor, my mom came to one of the services, and she got healed in the service. She got into a major car accident and she got healed in the service. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, she recently went to the doctor and her back is still jacked up, but she doesn't have any pain. And then they said to me, my mom, the, the, the doctors are trying to influence her to get back surgery and all that kind of stuff. But she doesn't have any pain, Pastor. Well, what do you think, Pastor? And I said, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Come on. Hello, somebody. Why, why go under the knife and get all kinds of, it could make it worse. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. It could start cutting on your back and cutting ligaments and all that kind of stuff. And then just the car tissue alone could cause pain just from the surgery. Amen. I'm like, man. And then the person said to me, well, they're in a the lawsuit and there's a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. I was, I was like, that doesn't mean anything. I don't, that doesn't mean anything. If your back ain't jacked up, hello. I mean, if it's jacked up, you have no pain. <laughs> just walk it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, that's, a sustaining, that's a sustaining miracle. X-ray show, your back's all jacked up. Doctors, are you in pain? No, I'm good. Watch it. She's not even limping anymore. She came, she was limping. Got under the anointing. Jesus healed her. Went back to the doctor to get it checked out. Back still messed up, but no more limping and no more pain. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. He's the God of the turnaround. I said he's the God of the turnaround. Whatever your situation right now, God is turning it around for you. If you've sowed in tears, you're about to reap in joy, baby. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to reap in joy. Because God sees those tears as seeds for a harvest. That's good news. I'll just tell you that right now. Real quickly, go to the book of Mark chapter 5. We'll we'll take a look at another person where God turned their situation around. They were in a dire situation. They were in a desperate situation. Mark chapter 5. Are you doing all right? Can you give me a little bit more time? Okay. Mark chapter 5. Don't you love the Word of God? Man, it's awesome. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and it says this and a certain woman which had an issue of blood for twelve years, had suffered many things by many doctors, had spent all that she had, was nothing better but grew worse. How many would believe that you're in a desperate situation when you're like that? You're broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on, hello, somebody. Verse 27 and for she said, she heard of Jesus. Came and pressed behind it, touched his garment, for she said, If I touch but its clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she had been healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, Thy Faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be healed of thy plague. Now, watch this. The Bible doesn't tell us necessarily all the procedures that the doctors did. But we, know, we do know this. She had this sickness for 12 years. She was battling this illness for 12 long years. There are, there are believers today that are battling diabetes for 12 long years. Come on, hello somebody. Dealing with migraine headaches for 12 long years. Dealing with arthritis for 12 long years. Dealing with stomach issues for 12 long years. Dealing with intestinal issues, 12 long years. Gone to the doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. Nothing better, growing worse. Spent all the money. Man, how many people do we know that are dealing with this? Lots of people. There's some key elements in here that got her healing. One, number one, she heard. The Bible says she heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Not by heard. Come on, faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That's the reason why Pastor Marie and I p- encourage people be in church. Because most impartations, listen to me, this is an absolute truth. Most impartations that you get from God is by being together corporally in a church service. Most. Most impartations. But if people hit, miss, 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 hit, miss, 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 hit, hit, miss, miss. Last Sunday night was powerful. And there were, things, there were other things said besides just what was written down. They got that off the Bible. Other things that were said. So most impartations come. It's like this. When people have issues and they're trying to get the victory over something, in that very message could have been the answer. But they decided to go to the beach or they decided to go boating or they decided to go that. And they actually missed that kiros moment in time, which would actually have gotten them the answer for what they've been believing God for for years. And then if they apply that to their life, then they get the victory. Can you say amen? Yeah. So here's this woman. She's desperate. She hurt. Faith cometh by hearing. She hurt. didn't say she saw the miracles. says she hurt. I wonder what she was hearing. There's this guy. I don't know. Everywhere he goes, the supernatural goes with him. People getting healed. You just, you, you. I mean, he raised somebody from the dead the other day. You know, told him to roll. I think some dude named Lazarus. Told him to roll away in the stones. It was four days. He came out. You should have seen the ferret, the religious people. Oh my gosh, they were panicking and all like that Then the other day, he stopped a funeral procession because there was a dead boy in a coffin. He just touched the coffin. The pallbearers put the coffin down. The boy got up. You should have freaked everybody out. You should have seen it. Then the other day, you know, from what I understand, he got into a boat with 12 disciples about 3 in the morning. And they were going to go to the other side. And all of a sudden, you know, he told them boys to go on. And he said he'd meet them over there on the other side. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy walking on water in the middle of the, about 5 miles in the middle of the lake. And all of a sudden, we all freaked out, thought he was a ghost. <laughs> my God. And then that dude, Peter, oh, my gosh, you got to watch out for Peter. He's got a big mouth. Always opened up his mouth and searched Always boasting about what God's going to do. Praise God. Amen. And all of a sudden, he decided to walk on water, too. So he, kinda, he started walking. And then all of a sudden, he got his eyes off of Jesus. And he got his eyes on the circumstances. And all of a sudden, because he took his eyes off of Jesus in the circumstance, he started sinking. But because of God's grace and mercy, Jesus just pulled him right on up anyway. Because of his love, they got in the boat and immediately the boat was at the shore when it was five miles out. God turned that situation around. Praise God. Amen. He turned that storm around and when he got out of the boat, he started walking on the land two demonized people. I <laughs> came running out. And the most funny thing, he started asking them, who's your mother? Who's your brother? Who's your, cat? Who's your, who's your aunt? Who's your cousin? No. <laughs> Who are you? We are a legion. You know what your legion is? Three thousand to six thousand demons inhabited that dude. That was just one three to six thousand demons. hallelujah mean Jesus cast it out one word: go, and then those three to six thousand demons went over to two thousand pigs and entered into the pigs, and then the pigs. Ear! ran right into the water and drowned themselves. Pork belly stock was down that day. <laughs> Nobody had bacon the next morning. Praise God. Amen. No bacon for you. Yeah, that day it just it was done. <laughs> we have a shortage of bacon. This <laughs> if you go to IHOP, you're gonna get yourself some pancakes and bacon. I mean if the server says to you, I'm sorry we have no bacon today. we have no bacon today. Why is that? Well, there's this guy named Jesus. He's ruined pork belly stock. And the grocery store ran out because all the pigs. Not that Jewish people should be eating bacon anyway. Praise God. Amen. How many like bacon in here? Can I see? Look at that. All right. Well, praise God. I won't be casting out any devils so that you can have your bacon. No, no. God turned the situation around. God turned the situation around for this demonized guy. God turned the situation around for the woman with the issue of blood. God turned the situation around with the woman from Zarephath. And God will turn your situation around. Amen. Sometimes you just got to work circumstances. You got to work things. You got to work with people. My God, have you ever worked with people? Imagine God working with people. <laughs> Man, we were up in Chicago, and we were believing God to sell, get our home sell, uh, sold. We were believing God for more than a year in the midst of a severe recession. It was bad. And the people that gave us the money to pay off our house, this is what they told us. They said 90 days ago, three months ago, God spoke to us. And he's been dealing with us every single day for 90 days. I'm like, my God, you just... Should. And then I'm thinking to myself, praise God, hallelujah, thank you so much, amen. Let me find out how we're going to work this out. But then I thought, why didn't you just do it three months ago? Because I'm in, my, I'm on my face before I God. I'm bombarding heaven with my commands and demands. And He's speaking to you. We could have done this 90 days ago. My God. Amen. But how many times has God spoken to us and we just kind of put it aside? I know God's speaking to you. Stop being stubborn. Praise God. Amen. He's speaking to you about lining up with the Word. Why? Wow. Things are changing, folks. I'm telling you, things are changing. We're on the verge of a great awakening in the whole earth. Things are changing. Come on. Hello. Hello. Things are changing, and things are accelerating my god we're we 're fifteen days away 2019 is be gone forever and we're going to enter into 2020 hello President Trump will be reelected it's inevitable he's going to be reelected. Come on now, regardless of what people feel he may have his pampers on okay he does he's got his pampers on. he is born again folks he is a brother in the lord i'm just going to tell you. His wife is not only born again, but she's filled with the Holy Ghost that speaks in other tongues. Hello? I'm going to say it. President Trump is the greatest president the United States of America has ever had. Amen. I'm just telling you, it is. He's done more for the church than any other president in history since George Washington. I'm telling you. But when you have a wife who prays in the Spirit, come on, hello, somebody. Praising the Spirit, she speaks six other languages besides the Spirit language. Praise God. Amen. Hello. He will be president. And when he gets reelected, listen to this when he gets reelected, it will usher in a revival that will sweep the worlds. It will sweep the worlds. It's going to usher in a move of God. It will be like it was when God fell in the Hebride Island revival, it will be like when God fell in Wales during the Welsh, the Welsh revival where there's a strange consciousness of God that falls on people. And that's the reason why Satan hates him so much. And Satan is using people that are demonized. Come on, hello somebody, amen. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, because here's the deal. He loves ministers. He loves ministers. He recently just had um, the Spanish pastor at, at the river come in. Yeah, and they took a tour of the White House and went into the Oval Office and all that kind of stuff and just loves, loves pastors that pray for him and all that kind of Hello? When have you ever seen that? Dad, did you ever see it in your generation of all that's going on in prison? First, relationships where he invites Paula White and other great pastors from around the country for intimacy and prayer and to dine with him in the White House. You've been around the water. How long? How many? How many years now? 80 oh hallelujah almost 100 you're gonna live to be 120 amen 100 years old better get to work <laughs> you're a young man come on now god will turn it around another thing that i said through the holy ghost he said keep on fighting just keep on running 2 Timothy 4, 7. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love, uh, that love at his appearing. There is like... Something within my spirit, man, and I know that I'm just not the only one, but there are believers that God is putting, it's, it's almost like a keep looking for the eternal reward. It's, it's almost like the, the natural rewards, the natural striving for things, it's like growing dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Not that God doesn't want you to have nice things. But the eternal is stronger and getting stronger than the external. You, you you sense it, you you sense that the work that's about to take place. It, it will be a busy time for the church. It'll be a busy time for believers, but then also it'll be a, an amazing, wonderful time. And miracles like will pop like popcorn. I mean, healings will be so easy and just. And and the reason why that is is because wickedness abounds. God's grace abounds even more. And so, because you're full of life and you're full of light, it's almost like. It would just be easy. I mean, just, you know, during the 1949-59 healing revival that hit the United States of America, it was so easy to get people healed. It was just, you just touched them in the name of Jesus, and they were miraculously healed. And those days will come back. Amen. That easiness will come back. There'll be times and seasons where the, the anointing of God will, all these stadiums will be full of people. I, th- I believe these stadiums, were, they, they weren't built just for the football games. I, believe they, I think they were built for the souls and harvests of men. And, and whether that, that comes either before the rapture or after the rapture, it, they're going to be filled. I'm just going to tell you, they're going to be filled with people. And the churches will be packed out. I, I want to choose to believe that it happens before the rapture so that the majority get to go up and don't have to endure the seven-year tribulation period. I believe in the rapture of the church. Amen. I, ha- I have strong Biblical verses. Hello. Very strong. And I'll go up against anybody. Get your sword out. Sharpen it. Because I have strong, actually, Hebrewic strength. The verses out of Hebrew, the way God has set up a bridegroom and a bride, the way a Jewish wedding is introduced in the earth we're the bride not in female gender in relationship he's the bridegroom i guarantee you but just just this one statement alone i would say to any theologian who says there is no rapture there here's my one statement to make you go hmm and whether they heard it or they didn't hear it or whether they saw it and didn't say it it don't matter it doesn't mean it doesn't Their belief system doesn't change the truth. It just changes the outcome of their life. Here's the one statement. Are we the bride of Christ? Yes. Can we prove that biblically? Absolutely. Is he the bridegroom? Absolutely. Here's my statement. You mean to tell me before he comes, he's going to beat the crap out of his bride? He's going to beat the crap out of all of us. That mean, people don't, you don't, ha, you don't know in your mind what the seven-year tribulation is going to bring. They don't know. They, you don't know. You're going, to go ha, you're going to have to go hide yourself in a cave somewhere and get a bunch of beanie weenies. Start now, praise God, because it's going to sustain you for seven years in the cave. And you might as well just lock yourself in the cave, go dig a hole where you can use the restroom, get your shotgun out, and stock your pile of beanie weenies and spam. Praise God, amen. And make sure the spam lasts you know, 10 or 15 years. Praise God, amen. You've eaten spam and beanie weenies. <laughs> but there are people that go, oh, no, no, we're going through the tribulation. Well, what if, you, what if it's by faith? What if you have to believe in the rapture by faith? And then if you don't believe in the rapture of the church, then I'm not here. Are you kidding me? Did you know during, during the seven-year tribulation part, there would be a point in time where no human being can kill themselves? The zombie apocalypse is not so far away. I was going to say there will be a time where people cannot kill themselves; they will not die, no matter what they try to do to themselves. They will not die. These preachers that think that—what do they believe? Believe me or not? It's okay. Peter, they don't understand what really was going to happen during the seven-year tribulation period. Did you know that one fourth of humanity will die? They don't, they don't plagues like you wouldn't believe. The Bible talks about stars falling from heaven. Well, you know what that those are meteorites. Those are meteors. Hitting the earth. Well, all I know is this. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to make sure I go up in the first load. Praise God. Amen. I'm going in the first load. I'm practicing right now. Praise God. Amen. Going in the first load. I'm going in the first load. Hallelujah. 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 We are not destined to wrath. Jesus became sin. He became sickness. He became poverty. He became lack. He became it. He, on the cross, He became it. God turned His face from His Son. He was the loneliest, most rejected. Went to hell for three days. Hello, took the keys of death and hell and the grave from Satan. Gave authority back to you and me, his church, so that we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to suffer. We don't have to. We are not destined to wrath. I'm tired of these doomsday prophets doomsday and everybody. We are not living in the time of judgment right now, folks. We're not. We're living in the time of the Holy Ghost. We're living in the time of harvest. We're living in the time of victory. Judgment's coming, but not now. Hallelujah. I think we just need to go about winning the lost, preaching the gospel, and encouraging people to run their race and finish their course because he's the God of the turnaround. So no matter what you're facing right now, Fight the good fight of faith. Be like the Apostle Paul who said, I have run my race. I have finished the course. Amen. And then he gave up the ghost and he's in heaven right now. Praise God. Amen. For having Bible classes. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Sitting next to Brother Hagin. Praise God. Amen. Brother Hagin and the Apostle Paul. Amen. And all the other disciples up there. and Marie Woodwith-Edder and Catherine Coleman and John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. You get to meet Smith Wigglesworth. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going, to, you're going to meet all the ones that God used, all the greats. and I'm sure Jesus shares the pulpit with them. I'm sure he does. Amen. You know, I'm going to that meeting. Smith Wigglesworth's going to be, he's doing a three day meeting. I'm going to go be part of the three day meeting. I'm, I'm going to be part of the three day meeting. Yeah, so Smith would be Friday night, and then and then uh, Saturday morning would be Peter, and then Smith would be Saturday night, and then, um, you know, Maria would with Edder, we'd go ahead and do Sunday morning, and we'll finish up with Catherine Coleman. Praise God, amen, on Sunday night. And then, you know, you just get to enjoy the rest of heaven. You go back to your mansion, praise God. And with all the nice furniture that you could ever desire and ever want and everything, how your mansion is, because God knows exactly what's in your heart and how he wants your mansion. Pastor Marie says, I'm going to live at hers. That's not true. She's going to live at mine. Praise God, amen. <laughs> Because she thinks hers is a little nicer. She just doesn't know me. She doesn't know me. Even after 35 years, she still doesn't know me. (laughs) Amen. He's the God of the turnaround. And he's got a plan for you, Jose. You're at the right place at the right time at the right season. So don't be discouraged because the gift of God is on the inside of you. He placed it in you. And he'll bring it to pass. Because there's relatives and friends and people within your culture that you want to reach because you see they're lost. And God says, I'm chosen you, Jose. I've put some things in you, Jose. Preparation time is never wasted waste time. He's going to build your faith. He's going to build the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And you'll be able to reach many, many, many within the culture in which you dwell. Because there are people that are looking at you and you've seen them. And you're like, man, they need to be saved. They need to be saved. They need to know the real. They need to get out of that religion. Get out of that religion. They're, look, they're all bound up. You have, the light has shown you the truth. And God's going to do some things with you. So run your race, finish your course. That desire will never go away many are occult. Just qualify to be chosen. Says the mighty Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Woo! Glory to God. <sighs> Pick him up. Pick the 100 year old up. Praise God. Amen. Because he's going to be living to be 100. It's 20 years from now. You got 20 more years. 20 more years. 20. 20. 20 more years. 20. 20 more years. 20, 20, more years. 20 years. We need you around. You're not going home anytime soon. Pick him up. You have many young men that you need to mentor. Many, many will sit at your feet. You have sown. It's time to reap in Jesus' mighty name. Fill them to the full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A hundred. A hundred. A hundred is good. Strong too. Strong at a hundred. My God, how old did Adam live to? How old did Methuselah lived to what, 900 and what? 900 and what? Wow, my God, 969. Probably saw a lot in that almost 1,000 years. <laughs> 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 Probably saw a lot of government officials change. <laughs> <In a> thousand, <laughs> they all died, praise God. He's still around. Praise God, amen. Listen, God's going to make the crooked path straight. I said he's going to make the crooked path straight. Everything that's crooked, he's going to make straights. Because he's the God of the turnaround. 2020, things are going to turn around for you. They're going to turn around for you. I said they're going to turn around for you. And you should declare it every single day. Today's the turnaround. Turnaround. Things are turning around for me. Financially, physically, emotionally, relationally. <laughs> they're turning around for me. Pick him up. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you
0: and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.